2: I'm Pat Nevin This is Ali Riley. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast Welcome back
0: Chelsea fans to another episode of the London is Blue podcast your home for all things Chelsea FC Dan, Mike, Nick and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches we cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews thank you already for being an awesome listener and you know what? let's jump right in and that's right. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Here we are at a, a very special time for the club. Uh, Frank Lampard is our manager, and I can't even say it with a straight face because, honestly, it's, it's surreal to me. Uh, I was always very skeptic if this would even come off. Uh, and so we're going to get into this. And joining me are Nick, Dan, Mike. And Tweeds, Tweeds is back for this one. So uh, as we kick this one off right away, uh, again, I think I'm probably in the minority based on our last conversation. Dan, you seem to be the most uh, vocal in your support for bring Frank the Tank.
1: <laughs> Frank the Tank, Frank Lampard OB, Frank Lampard, you know, wearing the armband in Munich, wearing the armband in Amsterdam, record gold score as Joe Tweeds included in his tweet. Uh, How can you not be excited at the possibility and the potential? Obviously, it could all go wrong, but this is Chelsea, and we win trophies, and we like winners, and Frank Lampard is a part of the tapestry of Chelsea. So, yes, 100% excited and absolutely bouncing. Ready for Frank Lampard to start the bounce at Chelsea this coming season. Look, if we're going to get more of those videos, <laughs> uh,
0: um, Tweeds, I'm going to have you self narrate that tweet because I want to hear the the context and the, the passion in which you wrote your tweet in support uh, of Frank Lampard yeah. and also yeah, slamming don't, don't me. Don't let Dan steal your take,
2: man. <laughs> uh, I mean, when, when sort of the, I suppose when this has been building for a while and yeah, it, it was just one of those things. I, I was sort of thinking back to everything that Fat Lampard has, has meant to Chelsea. So, you know, I, I put that he, you know, wore the arm, uh, wore the armband in Munich, wore the armband in Amsterdam. He's a record goal scorer, probably, you know, in the argument to be Chelsea's greatest player. And I just put, if you aren't buzzing about him managing Chelsea, I, I don't really know what to tell you. And I, I think that really, that really sort of sums up everything that I feel about the situation. You know, we've, we spoke sort of a little bit earlier in terms of, uh, you know, looking at uh, Sarri's time at Chelsea and, and to me, it's a complete contrast in how Lampard would be received, both by the fans and just probably just how he approaches the job in general. So, yeah, super, uh, super excited about him coming in, and you know, I think we we can talk about it being a gamble, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, I'm, I'm super, super happy about him coming in.
0: All right. Uh so two votes for the the four.
3: Nick. Is it possible to also like to be excited and also be really nervous? Yes. Because I think I think that's where I'm at. Like I. There, there are clear advantages of Frank coming back. I think the, you know, most of the, um, you know, managerial split last year came down to the personality and style of the manager, and then you know, as a fan, your preference for him or not. I don't think you're going to have that problem with Frank Lampard. He should be able to unify the fans and and create a you know i think a better culture around the club um just with his presence and what he you know has been able to bring to the club prior to him being announced i'm also really nervous and i've been nervous since this whole thing was brought up in like march that the ending that frank lampard deserves at chelsea is a hero's ending and <laughs> rarely does a manager Fulfill that at Chelsea <laughs> um, and you know if, if peak Mourinho or peak Ancelotti or you know Antonio Conte in his in his prime uh, You know, we're not able to have a, a happy ending at Chelsea. Then I, I really worry about this for Frank um, given his relative lack of experience uh, compared to some of his peers, so I, I It's only I'm nervous for him Mike because I want I want this to have a happy ending and you know, it just rarely does. That's why I'm nervous. Yeah,
4: completely. I, I'm in the same spot, and and we're we're talking about a dream manager in a potentially a nightmare transfer situation. Um, I, I want Frank to have the best opportunity to succeed, and um, depending on what happens this summer, you know, he's going to have to make um, youth and you know what is a depleted squad um be able to step up and fulfill things. And I, I guess, you know, the the hope is that if anyone was gonna do that, it's Frank. Um but this is just gonna be a really tough and trying time and I, I really personally I'm happy to see him. But I I wanted him to come back in the very best of circumstances. And I don't feel that if we're being honest with ourselves that this summer is necessarily that time. So it's it's a. Uh, kind of mixed emotions for me Brandon
0: yeah you're not you're not alone um I think the overwhelming consensus obviously is that there is a lot of excitement uh, amongst the the fans uh and in the club you know you'd assume that the the club have done their vetting they've done their homework they've talked to him they understand his vision and the plan uh what what's crazy to me is you know if you potentially have well obviously Jody will come back then you potentially bring back check in a, in a role. There's just all these players around. If Dragba's around, just even in an ambassador role, like you're you're kind of getting the band back together, Tweeds, and and it's kind of one of those things that it's like you had the the players that led this team to its most successful spell ever in the club's history. I never thought it would be this close, this quickly that they would all be back yeah. potentially in different roles. And I don't know if JT will be back because, you know, he will obviously be in the Premier League uh, with Villa after they won uh, promotion. But that's kind of a crazy thing to think of. I mean, let's see who all backed him. Drogba's backed him. Pretty sure Essien has backed him. I'm pretty sure obviously Robbie Di Matteo has backed him. I mean, all of these former players are backing him. You would you would also like to think that their opinion has a lot more meaning and kind of substance to it as well.
2: Yeah, and I think quickly it it probably serves a purpose to to kind of highlight how this transfer ban has changed the dynamic of of Chelsea Football Club because I'm seeing particularly on social media. I mean, it, it's it's fair to question the experience of Lampard, and and, and personally again, you know, I would love him to have had maybe another two three years in management before he came over to. be considered for the Chelsea role but I think what people maybe fail to understand is that when you're looking at let's say obtainable managers of a a profile that Chelsea would typically be looking at so either someone who's got an incredibly impressive CV as one of those trophies or let's say you know sort of the the, the flavour of the month for that particular year not a single one of these managers will come to any football club if they cannot shape the squad for for an entire season and I think that that context and that and that sort of statement, it, people seem to be getting away from that. That is fundamentally what is underpinning Chelsea's next season. You know, any manager, even Sari, who came in saying that he detested the transfer market, got what 130 million pounds on a midfielder and a goalkeeper spent. Got a guy in from Madrid on loan that he was quite happy to sign permanently. The club then and went and got his striker in January. So even managers who are quite happy to say they they don't want to deal in the transfer market still want to have a significant effect on the squad. So when people are saying like Chelsea should have looked at Ten Hag or they should have gone for Allegri or they should have gone for one of these more experienced names, I can tell you categorically, just from speaking to people in football, managers care about their reputations immensely. You know, um, Chelsea, for for whatever reason, you know, people still leave Chelsea and go and get excellent jobs. But for the most part, I think, you know, if you're you're sort of the next big thing, like a, a Ten Hag or someone like that, there's no way you're coming to Chelsea if you can't buy a, you know, if you can't buy a single player. Same with with Allegri, you know, he was obviously maybe one of the, the sort of elephants in the room when it came to Lampard because you know he is of the profile where the typical Chelsea managers won loads of trophies, you know, a well-respected figure in football. So I think once you kind of acknowledge that, that this is going to be a slightly different way for Chelsea to do things, then the the appointment of Lampard may maybe a season too soon, maybe two seasons too soon. Kind of makes sense because he's one of the very few people that are going to be coming to Chelsea and sort of willing to accept that challenge. And talking about sort of the, you know, the, the kind of structure of the club, Pet- Petr Cech coming in, feels like he's going to be a lot more vocal um, you know, in terms of sort of providing football knowledge and, and some sort of experience to the board as well. Jody Morrison and potentially Joe Evers as well, you know, two absolutely outstanding coaches, both who know the academy players. You know, and there's there's not going to be any sort of real kind of feeling out period for a new manager. Lampard has played with the majority of the of the senior players at the squad. I think Morris and Edwards would have coached nearly every single lone player that's come through. So the, the kind of, you know, this sort of understanding of Chelsea and where we are as a club and who's available, I think it's, you know, you're not going to find a better person out there in, in European football who who has that innate knowledge that that, that Morris and, and Lampard and potentially Edwards will, will bring. Um So I mean, I think going forward it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be incredibly difficult for Lampard. I mean, let's be honest, you know, we've we've lost our best player who contributed probably over fifty percent of our goals last season. It doesn't matter if you bring in Pep Guardiola or, you know, Klopp or or whoever into the sort of current squad without being able to sort of bring in players, it's gonna be a difficult season and very much so you're gonna be looking at Lampard to to learn on the job. But you know, if you're positive, you're looking at guys like Julian Nagelsmann, who went from being an under-19s manager to coaching Hoffenheim and becoming one of the, the most sought-after managers in Europe. Mark van Bommel was the same at PSV. You know, he was managing the under-19s, went to the first team, and, and, and you know, won a title in, in in pretty decent circumstances for them as well. So, for, you know, for every Thierry Henry and Gary Neville, there are examples of, of young coaches making a step up to a bigger club and doing well. And I think. Know the, the structure and the surrounding network that Lampard seems to be bringing. You know he's bringing a lot of the guys he's been with him at Derby. You know he knows uh, probably a lot of the the setup at Chelsea as well. It feels to me that that's kind of equally important in terms of just him. You know just him by himself as a manager. So I'm I'm hopeful that that you know going forward, particularly with with the coaches that he's looking to bring in. And you know, again, if Dropper is part of that setup, I think that's a, that's a phenomenal move. Um, but I, I'm very very hopeful that the structure um, is going to be there to support Lampard. But, you know, just sort of just summarising that there, I mean, th- there isn't really anyone else out there at the moment, you know, that is willing in terms of the profile that, that maybe we previously have gone for that would have come in to manage the club. So the club have had to look slightly outside of the box, maybe kind of accelerated Lampard's progression. But I think I'm with, with Nick, you know, it's exciting. He's going to be nervous, you know, but he's going to be sort of learning a bit on the job. But, you know, you look around and the question is, is really who else is there? You know, and I think to navigate through a a transfer ban and potentially not being able to sign anyone for an entire window, having that knowledge of Morris and and Edwards and Lampard of the club is is crucial. Uh, It's, uh,
0: you know, a lot of, I think, fans and and a lot of talk are kind of like bringing the club DNA back and there's no better chance to do this than with someone who literally built it. And then another thing, Joe, the winner's mentality of this man is damn near unrivaled across world football especially as a player and we know that he's going to bring that to the to the sidelines as well so um a lot a lot to uncover and a lot to dig in um but real quick from a rapid reaction standpoint now that you guys have had a little bit of time to uh think about this and and, and verbalize it what's the one word that you would use to describe how you're feeling about frank lampard lampard being chelsea manager uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, the easy one is super in all caps, like right? It.
2: Ooh, I like it. Yeah,
0: I like that. Uh, Nick, what about you? Anxious. All right,
1: Dan. I would say overjoyed. I think this is a really happy, happy story. Is that hyphenated At least so far? Does that count? Overjoyed is one word. It has no space between it. Yeah. <laughs> what
3: about the what about the nine words that followed it? Tweeds.
2: Uh, bounce.
0: Bounce. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez.
2: Yes.
3: Well done, Joe. Well
0: done. Uh, Anticipation is mine. Um, But, you know, to be fair, that's me at the beginning of every season wondering how it's going to go because it's Chelsea and it'll always be an exciting adventure. Um, All right, Dan, let's talk about the structure at Chelsea that is a huge part of, you know, Frank being the manager and obviously just as the club kind of putting the right pieces around him.
1: Yeah, I think Joe hit on it a couple points there a moment ago. But I think ultimately, if you're bringing back Jody Morris as an assistant, if you're taking Joe Edwards, who's most recently one of our academy coaches and has been so for an extended period now, you're adding Petr Cech as a sporting director to the board level of the club operations. And even Drogba potentially ends up in some capacity as a I don't know, some type of coach and then I mean even makalele is apparently available now after uh, ending his coaching excitement a- at another club. Like we could have a very uh, very strong, maybe not necessarily in terms of experience from the previous player standpoint, but in terms of Jody and um, Joe Edwards who really put together people that understand English football, understand Chelsea and our academy setup and understand, what it's going to take to structurally compete in the Premier League. So I think giving, allowing Frank the right type of architecture or structure around him to be successful, Nick, which I think is the important part, is that it's not just about the singular manager. It is about the, not just the players around them, the club around them, but how they assemble their coaching staff and the talent in that room is just as important too.
3: Yeah. And you, you could argue that, you know, Frank would be walking into, At this point, maybe one of the most uh, unstable times in in the recent, you know, in uh, Chelsea's recent history. So I, you know, I I think the more recognizable faces, the more talented, you know, footballing brains, uh, the better. Uh, And we we certainly need that not only just for this appointment, but we we've needed it for a long time, Joe. I mean, this is something that, you know, you've advocated for on our show for, you know, as long as we've been doing it, really. And uh, and th- it's exciting to see a couple of these puzzle pieces, you know, get back together and and hopefully be able to recreate some magic.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely echo that. I think the the sort of important thing for me is that we now have, or it looks like we're going to be having players who who both understand what it takes to win the Premier League, and I think that that, in terms of let's say future recruitment for me, is is crucial. Um, Before this, I mean, I I took a look at some of our our sort of recent transfer history, let's say post Champions League win, and, you know, for a team that's spent well over £900 million in the market, you know, you look at sort of the current squad and you sort of think, you know, it's it's not really reflected there in terms of sort of the outlay. And I think a lot of that comes down to when we we typically go after players, I I don't think there's there's been a a real sort of serious consideration on just how well someone will adapt to to Premier League football. You know, we we know that the, the physicality of the Premier League, the pace of the Premier League is... Is infinitely quicker and, and more aggressive than pretty much anywhere else in world football. So and you know, I think sometimes that, that has often played into the fact that we've we've made a lot of pretty poor signings, I think, historically as well. So you know I think you know particularly going forward, having Lampard, having Czech, having people who both understand the sort of the club's culture and history and what it means to play for Chelsea and, and to win and to be a winner, but also to, to appreciate the the sort of the calibre and, and the profile of player that needs to be successful in the Champions League so I think while next season potentially this is about establishing a framework of of, of how to sort of do this let's say properly in the future in terms of governance and roles and responsibilities and, and sort of the communication aspect I think hopefully you know you're looking at laying a foundation where you have a manager let's say in Lampard who obviously has an incredible relationship with Petr Cech and it's more of a a collaborative effort in terms of how they look to achieve the the club's goals, which obviously is is getting back to, to competing with Liverpool and City for the Premier League title and going and, you know, on deep runs in Europe and challenging for the Champions League. And I think at the moment we're we're quite far away from that. I mean we're over, you know, twenty points away from the top two teams. So it's gonna be quite a big, big gap to close. And I think as long as the club realise that it's not going to happen overnight, with with Lampard's sort of obviously Premier League experience, with Morris's understanding of the club structure, you know, that sort of pathway of of getting some of these players in. We've often talked about, you know, it's not always about finding superstars in the academy. It's In some cases, it's about finding maybe a squad player who who can cover for one or two seasons because, you know, that one or two seasons, you know, if you sell them at 22, 23, whatever, you know, it just means you don't have to go and spend 30, 40 million pounds on backup players, which is what we've been doing for the past few years. You know, 30 odd million pound on, on Zappa Costa, on Palmieri, guys who, I don't know, maybe have less than, you know, 60 appearances combined for Chelsea since they've been here. You know, so it's about sort of you know trying to sort of be smarter with with the way we do things, um, both in terms of recruitment, both in terms of player pathways. So, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to sort of see how it goes. I think that the, the the main benefit will obviously be the relationship that Czech and, and Lampard have with one another. I think that they'll they'll see things very similarly in terms of of how to best develop Chelsea. Czech's incredibly smart, so is Lampard. You know, and I think hopefully that's going to be something that, that benefits us. But this is a structure that I think a lot of people have wanted to see for a long time. And now that it potentially is going to be put in place, I think that is only positive for Chelsea. And going forward, I think we should be able to reap the benefits, uh, hopefully, quite soon within the sort of the next two seasons. No,
0: absolutely. I think so. When United brought Solskjaer back, they brought their longtime assistant. I don't know his name. I apologize. I didn't watch Man United last season. But um, if you could get Steve Holland tweets to me, that would be a huge huge win for the club. Do you think that that's even realistic, though, with his England duties?
2: I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, there was a lot of, uh, let's say, yeah, I don't know, what's, what's the best way to describe this? There was a lot of interest around him when sorry was going through a, a particularly tough time earlier in the early sort of, what was it, February time, something like that. Yeah. Um, Holland was seen at uh, in a couple of academy games with Terry and a few other sort of uh, players that he'd had previous links with. And, and you know, there's always going to be that connection there. Um, I think also potentially that he he brings let's say a Premier League experience to that coaching staff because as much as I, I rate Morris and, and Edwards and and Lampard as sort of coaching and managers, you know having someone who has been incredibly successful as an assistant in the Premier League, I think that experience would be invaluable to add to that sort of coaching room. And again, you know, Holland is another one who is is very keen on promoting Chelsea's younger players, someone who understands sort of the current dynamic of the squad. Brings in a slightly different tactical perspective as well to Lambert, which I think, again, you know, being tactically flexible is going to be what's what sort of one of the things that makes us successful next season. But it'll be interesting to see what actually happens with him because I'm I known for a fact that Chelsea have been interested in bringing him back to the club, but it's a question of, as you say, whether whether he uh, kind of sort of determines that he's not. I'm not saying a sort of a part-time coach of England, but whether he wants to come back to sort of the day-to-day of Chelsea versus. Maybe it's sort of the more part-time stuff with England.
0: Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on everything. Obviously, as you know, we record and uh, figure things out. But uh, let's play Dan's favorite game of making way too early predictions for Frank's first season at Chelsea. Uh, it's a great game. You love early predictions and kind of essentially putting us in corners that we then have to defend the rest of the season. Right, Nick? Yeah. No, it's it's gone really well for me recently. So let's keep it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, So if we were to make way too early of a guess at how we finish next season, what would the projections be? Tell us league finish, Champions League finish or not. Well, I guess you can put in the actual tournament cup finishes. Um, So for example, you can say, I think we'll get first place in the league. I think we'll get to the knockout round of Champions League. And I think we'll be in one cup final. That's the gist. And we want everyone out there listening to tweet Instagram comment, Facebook comment, email us, whatever you want um, to talk about this as well. So, uh, Dan, since this is your dumb game, we'll let you go first.
1: I'm glad we're calling it uh, the London is Blue Pod Dumb Game. And dumb game. Uh, <laughs> With the first comment in the dumb game, I will say that we do end up with a top four finish under Senor Frank Lampard. And we will, in the Champions League... I think exit in the quarterfinals, um, and then we will uh, win an FA Cup. Interesting. You know, I, I, you know bet, bet, bet high um, because even if we don't, if if we do better than that, then obviously we'll all be over the moon. And if we do less than that, you know, that's uh, reality could have set in injuries and other things. But you know, I got I got to hope for the positive.
4: Okay, Mike, what about you? Uh, I'm going sixth place, uh, getting knocked out at the group stage. Uh, but a back-to-back um, Europa League champion. Uh, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so uh, yeah, that's you did. You did Frank
1: dirty. You did Frank dirty. No, I, I gave Frank
4: another European <sighs> Cup. So uh, I, I'm I'm trying to be realistic here, but it it should be interesting, Nick. And and,
3: and if you think Mike did him dirty, then wait till mine. <laughs> um. I I'm looking at the squad that we currently have, and I, I I just don't think he's set up for any sort of realistic league success this year. So I'm going seventh place, which will be brutal. What? Um, I'm going bounced in the group stages of the Champions League, although I'm making the semis of the Europa League. Uh, going an FA Cup final loss and a Carabao Cup win. That's that's what I'm going with.
0: Alright, so I'm gonna rewind two things. Mike, we are in pot one. You think we're getting knocked out in the group stages of Champions League? Yeah,
4: you know, that's <laughs> I probably do. okay. It's it's very possible. <laughs> okay. And uh, then but, I mean we didn't what? say ban or no ban, right? Okay. Um Nick, you think yeah, we're
0: saying you ban. think that Leicester or Wolves or some unforeseen team will place above Chelsea. Yes. Okay. That's exactly what okay. I was saying What the I just place. want to clarify okay, so because the, the darkest geez. timeline is
1: going to become Nick's timeline next season. That's what's going to happen here. Guys,
3: look at the squad. If you think that we are going to any sort of like advanced Champions League stage, you're out of your mind. Like there's not a
0: possibility of that happening. Well, to, to be fair, we are recording this before any signings have been made. So depending on how all these things fall, like caveats, right? but sure right now as of today the registration ban has been
3: uh, enacted so we are it it appears that we're taking the ban that's what i'm going in with okay if we add four really high quality players then the narrative changes and i look like a
0: fool but that's what it is asterisk all right so i'm going top six i think we'll make the knockout stages but barring some crazy run i don't expect it to to go anywhere and i don't think we'll make a cup final that's what I initially said. I do wonder if the playoff run in the championship actually maybe does help Frank in kind of his experience in doing two leg, um, you know, runs, obviously coming back and then, uh, you know, playing Villa in the final. But um, that's what I'm going to stick to. So I, I, I wrote it. I'm going to stick to it. Tweeds, what about you?
2: So I think we'll come third or fourth in the league. Um, I reckon quarterfinals of the Champions League I'd be very happy with I mean obviously in the Champions League a lot of it depends on who you draw if we draw Barcelona in the, the next round then you know fair enough but I think quarter-finals um, of, of the Champions League I think potentially a, a League Cup win and FA Cup probably quarters or semi-finals and just, just to say I, I don't think the squad is actually as bad as, as some people are saying and I think you know when you've got guys like Kurt coming back who I think is is a very good addition to the squad you know depending on obviously how guys like Rhys James recover from injury I think potentially the, the back four is better Um if back at Yoko carries on his AC Milan form and as someone who was very critical of him I think he's also a positive coming back into the side wasn't a big fan of Kovacic so that's not a huge miss for me and I, I think the strikers will be better next season and you know, I for all back to IE sports for you know his footballing intelligence you know I think the the guy will score more goals than than, the Morata will score more more goals than Higuain and Tammy Abraham's a little bit of an unknown quantity but again I I think just just his his effort level alone will make him a a better addition to the team the only obviously that the the, the, you know the huge kind of downside obviously is the loss of Eden Hazard Um, but you know that's going to be something the club are going to have to navigate so my only real kind of you know, negativity is around how Chelsea necessarily try and uh, fill the Eden Hazard hole. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more positive. I, I don't think the squad is, is anywhere near as bad as some people are making out. Um, and I think Lampard's style of football actually probably probably suits a lot of the players better than than what we've seen the past season. So yeah, a little bit more uh, positivity from me.
1: Welcome to Team Positivity, Joe. I'm glad you're Thank here. You. <laughs> Look, I
0: mean, I mean, if Mar- Maritsu got to third, maybe we are doing. Frank a little disservice and the team a little disservice. Uh, you know, I I think what we're doing naturally. Is there someone he's missing there, Brandon? Is there, is there one player that
3: may may have recently left that would cover 50% of our goals?
1: Ola Aina. Right. Ola, Anna. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love you, Ola. Um, you know, obviously the, the Hazard gap. I'm always going to be confused where the goal is going to come from. Um, you know, fair play tweets, I, I think we're probably just setting ourselves up for low expectations in hopes that if you hold Lampard to really high expectations and he can't achieve them the first season, is he seen as a failure? Or do you go in saying, hey, just get top six, just maybe do this, Do here's some of the things we need. Or maybe it's just, hey, just maintain top four and we'll figure everything else out. Um, I think it'll be interesting. There's been a, r- a report in the media that Abramovich is given, and I'm using in air quotes, assurances to Frank that he will have two complete seasons to prove his worth. If there's anything that Roman doesn't do, it's assurances. So (laughs) that that
3: (laughs) seems like a terribly, like a
0: terrible thing that just came out. Like, According to J.K. and Clayton, it was from Duncan Castle, so take that. Oh, boy, a real trustworthy source there. Reno um,
1: vying in last minute for a, uh, a third term. God.
0: Just might have. So, uh, you know, we'll have to kind of, you know, keep an eye on it and see how it plays out. But uh, guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, tell us what you think. We want to have all the discussions healthily around Frank and the club and what this team can do it's going to be a ride. Um, This is another kind of strategy shift from the club, but I think us as fans can get really excited about all of these former legends and former greats uh, players in Chelsea's history are coming at a very interesting time. And if this kind of experiment works out, I think this could be one of the most fun and cool times to be at the club while Frank is guiding it. Petter is there, like you said, even potentially Makalele and Jody and Joe and, and Joe Cole and everyone that's going to be around like the vibe in the atmosphere, uh, could just be so much fun. And that's what I'm most excited about. So again, share with us what you guys want and, uh, to wrap it up, is there anything you guys want to just touch on one last thing before we say goodbye, Nick?
3: Hey, hey Joe, would you say that football's coming home?
2: <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll do the the arrogant Englishman thing and say yes, why not.
0: <laughs> uh Nick, anything you want to kind of sign off with in regards to Mr. Frank? Uh really happy that we're going to hear
3: the Super Frank chants in the stadium uh while he's there. Uh, it's it's been amazing to to continue that legacy while he's been gone, but I imagine that first game back is going to be something special to behold, and uh, really excited to kind of see how the atmosphere improves. All right, Dan, what about you?
1: Is this the first uh, Man City legend that we've also hired as a manager?
0: <laughs> Boy, they got roasted for that, by the That's way. was a terrible was tweet. Ridiculous. Terrible tweet. Ugh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what about you?
4: Um, while, while I'm being cautious, I think that if we were going to bring him back in a situation in which he had to play young players, um, Darby was a perfect season to get him used to that. So um, I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. All right. In tweeds,
2: Yeah, I, I kind of echo that. I just think, you know, we can talk about whether it's the right time, etc. But, I mean, we're not going to know, are we, until sort of December time, just how it's going. So, just really excited to, to have him back. I think in the circumstances, I, I don't really see there being an, an alternative to bringing him home. But, yeah, really, really excited. And, obviously, you know, fingers crossed that it goes well. Because, I mean, how how incredible would it be to see Lampard win and do well with Chelsea as a manager, you know, considering his career here. So, super positive um, maybe i'm being a little bit naive but i think at the moment i'm still caught up in the in the hysteria of the potential lampod appointment but yeah looking forward to it
0: absolutely oh well, again um nothing but love and support for frank uh really excited to uh, you know go to stanford bridge again this season visit him see him live in action uh so we'll have more about that but uh, what's not to get excited about this is great stuff So again, let us know what you think on social media or on our Discord server, the easiest way to keep the discussion going. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag
4: flying high.